What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to Murph's Boston Sports Talk, episode number 113. I am so happy that you downloaded, listened, and you are about to enjoy this episode. It feels like an eternity since I last recorded an episode, even though it's only been a couple of days, if we're being completely honest. But in this episode, we got a ton of stuff to talk about. We obviously have to enjoy the last day of the Patriots bye week being today, Monday, where the Rams and the Cardinals will finish off week 14 with their matchup on Monday Night Football. We're going to discuss the scores across the league from week 14, the Vikings and Steelers on Thursday night, all the way to the Packers and Bears game on Sunday night. We're going to look at the scores, talk about them, and break them down as you know, as you love. We're going to also talk about the Celtics and my thoughts about the current state of the Celtics. Are they done? Are they toast? Are they still competing? Do they have a chance to be competitive? And then lastly, we're going to talk about the Bruins and their situation with the standings as we have to start looking at the standings a little more seriously now that the Bruins are 24 games in. I've mentioned for both the Bruins and the Celtics, 20 to 25 games played is kind of when you have to take things seriously. And with the Bruins kind of at the back end of games played across the NHL where everyone else is approaching 30, well, it's time to, not, not concern, but it's time to take the hockey seriously in terms of these are the teams that are good, these are the teams that are bad, these are the contenders, these are the pretenders. Similar, similar, similar to basketball. But before we get into anything, before we get into any single topic, I would love, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please like this video if you did enjoy today's episode. Comment down below your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, anything you have. And then also, if you're new or haven't considered subscribing, please smash that red button as I would greatly appreciate you subscribing to the channel as I am approaching 100 subscribers. If you are listening to this on audio-only platform, I would really appreciate everybody downloading, listening, and enjoying Murph's Boston Sports Talk as I greatly appreciate you. Reach out to me on social media at Murph's Card Town. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or you can even reach out to me on the shop's Facebook page at Murph's Card Town Sports Shop. With all the nitty-gritty out of the way, before we dive into the football, which I know you guys are itching for me to talk about, and quite frankly, I'm itching to talk about it because I feel like we haven't talked much football since the Patriots are on their bye week, respectively. But I do have to mention that with this weekend over, I must say I had a fantastic birthday. I must say I had a fantastic birthday. Some may know, some may not. But this past weekend, yesterday, Sunday, was my birthday. Kim and I went up to Portland. We had some fun, went to some malls, we went to a card show, went to some card shops, and we went out to eat. We had some fun, listened to music, do this and do that. I'll tell you, I will tell you this, after Saturday night, I am old. I woke up Sunday feeling old AF. I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I sure as hell felt old. <laughs> I don't know if it's just, you know, the turn of the, the turn of the clock, if it's just, you know, going up in age. I don't know what it was but I sure as hell feel old. But I do have to give a massive shout-out to my wonderful, beautiful wife, Kim, for making this birthday weekend possible. She planned everything. She paid for everything, and I could not have been more appreciative. I have to mention this. Before we left on Friday, she had my birthday presents sitting on the dining room table. 
And I know she kind of mentioned to have me open them before we left. And I was like, do you still want me to open them? She was like, no, no, don't open them. I'm like, so I have to let these sit here all weekend and just think about what you possibly could have got me? And she was like, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, no. So the birthday presents sat on the dining room table all weekend. And I'm thinking about them all weekend because I have no idea what she could have got me. I have ideas, but I have no idea what she got me. We come home. And it's time to open the birthday presents. I'm like, oh, let's open these birthday presents. So we bring all the stuff in. I unpack, I change, and then I go to the table. Now, I stick my hand in there because it was just one big bag. And I don't know how many gifts are in the bag. It could be one. It could be like 30. So I just stuck my hand in there nice and calmly. And the first present that I pull out, take a guess real quick. Take a guess. Take a guess. Pause or just simply think to yourself, comment down below in the YouTube comments, reach out to me via social media at Murph's Car Town. What do you think that Kim got me for my birthday? There was two gifts. There was two gifts. One was a Roku for the shop, much needed Roku for the TV so I don't have to handle the TV and the airplay. That was the first gift, but that's not the gift I'm excited about. I love that gift. Trust me. That's a much needed gift. I will give you three seconds to guess what gift she got me. One, two, three. She got me a Mac Jones jersey. Holy shit. I I, I feel the softness when I re- went to go reach into the bag. I'm like, a shirt, um, I don't know, like a flannel or something, maybe a sweatshirt, long sleeve, I don't know, just something nice, right? And I pull it out, and I see it's navy blue. And it's got some red and white into it. I'm like, this ain't what I think it is. I'm starting to take it out. I see the Patriots logo. I see I, I see that it's a jersey. I'm like, do not tell me that this is a Mac Jones. Don't, don't do this to me, babe. Don't do this to me. I unraveled it. I see the 10. I'm like, yo. I flip it around, Mac Jones. I'm like, whoa, my God. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, it was beautiful. I am super excited, happy, and blessed that she got me a Mac Jones jersey. Oh, oh, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I don't know how she got one because I know they're sold out everywhere left and right. But she was able to get one. I don't know when she got it. I couldn't tell you when she got it. I think she said she got it in like November. That's besides the point. Maybe October. Couldn't tell you. Besides the point. Oh, super happy. Now I have a Mac Jones jersey I can wear. And now I have one hanging up in the shop too. Because if you didn't know, I have a signed Mac Jones jersey hanging up in the shop for display. A lot of people ask me what the price is of it. I'm like, it's not really for sale, but I'm open to cash offers. I'm open to it. No one's really given me a cash offer yet. But that's besides the point. I now have a signed Mac Jones jersey I can marvel at. And now I have a Mac Jones jersey I can wear. So awesome 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 birthday present i might be the best one i've ever had but i am super appreciative of everything that i haven't said this in a while but the podcast and the channel favorite kim i know you guys love her so much whenever she's in videos they always do so much better and there will be a portland birthday trip vlog coming out i'm gonna try to edit it today and try to get it out for tomorrow but wednesday the absolute latest will that vlog be out but that is everything I need to talk about in regards to my birthday and the Portland trip. I know you guys may or may not be here for that, 
So let's dive into some NFL football. So like I mentioned on Friday, 36-28 was the final between the Vikings and the Steelers. I predicted the Saints and the Jets game. I predicted the Saints to win the Jets game, excuse me. And the Saints did win 30-9. The Falcons beat the Panthers 29-21, as I also predicted. Seahawks blew out the Texans 33-13. Good win for the Seahawks, but it does not matter. Chiefs decimated the Raiders 48-9. Are the Chiefs back on track after a slow start to the season? It certainly seems like it. It certainly seems like it. Ravens lost to the Browns 24-22. Dropping the the Ravens in the AFC standings. Elevating the Browns a little bit. We're going to discuss the wildcard picture shortly because with the Patriots not playing this week, and the Dolphins, and I believe a couple other teams, I believe. Things could, things are getting shaky. I'll tell you that. Things are getting shaky. And we do have some stuff to talk about because now everyone will be on equal playing field. There won't be that, like, you know, one and a half games or half a game because of the bye week situation. Everyone after week 14 will have played the same amount of games. So we will have a grand old time talking about the playoff picture for the NFL shortly. Cowboys beat the Washington football team 27-20. to Washington is still the seventh seed right now in the NFC picture, so they can still make the playoffs, and I really hope that they do. Personal preference. Titans beat the Jaguars, or I should say the Titans shut out the Jaguars 20 to nothing. Julio Jones came back in his first game in like a month or so. Need to hydrate. Gotta hydrate, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't hydrate, then I, I don't know. Just hydrate. (laughs) 49ers beat the Bengals 26-23 in overtime. That was a great game. I did not see this game being as good as it was, although I did mention that it was going to be a sneaky game of the week, and it low-key kind of was. Both teams in their respective conferences have a lot going on, and the Bengals were losing by a bunch early. They came back, forced overtime, but they eventually lost it, unfortunately. But it is what it is. 26-23, 49ers over the Bengals. Buccaneers, Bills, what a game. Buccaneers were destroying the Bills for most of the game, and then the Bills come back out of nowhere. But guess who won? Yep, you guessed it, the Buccaneers. They won in overtime, 33-27. Fantastic win for Tom Brady and the Bucs. Thank goodness they beat the Bills. I saw a meme on Facebook when I was scrolling, and it was like one arm, like, you know, kind of like, bro grabbing like you know like like kind of like you know how you start a bro hug where it's like yeah it's not a handshake but it's not like a dap it's kind of like you know almost like you're you're in a um well, what's it called oh what is that called arm wrestle like that stance like those two aren't like guys grabbing each other's hands like they're doing an arm wrestle and one side says brady beating the bills then the other side says uh, Belichick beating the Bills. And then in the middle, it's the Bills. <laughs> so some things just do not change. Bill Belichick beat the Bills. Tom Brady beat the Bills. We all win. Packers beat the Bears 45-30 to in a very intriguing game. Did not see the Bears putting up 30 points against the Packers. But nonetheless, the Packers were able to walk away with that win, making Monday Night Football between the Rams and the Cardinals all that much more important because the Packers do have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals from that Thursday night matchup when the Cardinals did lose 
and they lost their perfect season. However, Rams, Cardinals, lots on the line for both teams. I believe I predicted the Rams to win this game. I can still see it going either way. I really do. It's definitely going to be a really good game to tune in to watch. But as promised, we are going to talk about the wild card standings. Patriots, well, whatever happens in tonight's Monday Night Football game will not matter to the AFC. But right now, leaving week 14, the Patriots have the number one seed, followed by the Titans at number two. The Chiefs moved up to number three. The Ravens dropped down to number four. The Chargers don't go anywhere. They're still number five. The Colts vaulted up from the bubble to the number six seed. And then, without even playing. They didn't even play a game. They had a bye week this week. And they vaulted up from, what, the the ninth seed all the way up to the sixth seed? That's fantastic. And the Bills did not go anywhere as they are still the seventh seed. But on the bubble, on the bubble, we have a bunch of teams still on the bubble. We got the Browns at seven and six. We have... The Bengals seven and six, the Broncos seven and six, the Steelers six six and one. That tie is kind of coming in favor a little bit as it keeps them alive, but they did lose on Thursday night, which is a massive blow. The Raiders six and seven, Dolphins six and seven. If the season ended right now, if the season ended right now, I could totally see all these teams in the playoffs that are currently in. I can see the Browns missing it. I can see the Bengals. The Broncos got a nice win. They're 7-6. and six. They're not going away. They're not going away. Steelers 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. I just don't see them doing it. That tie serves them for their benefit in the loss column, but it hinders them so badly in the win column. Raiders, they're falling apart. I don't think they're going to make it. And the Dolphins, they've won five in a row. They're sneaky good. I don't know. I, I don't see them making it. I think it's a little bit too late. But if we're being completely honest, they're only two games from passing the Bills. Or one game from tying the Bills, let's call it that. And they had a bye week this week, too. But yeah, Patriots 1, Titans 2, Chiefs 3, Ravens 4, Chargers 5, Colts 6, Bills 7. Beginning of the season, Titans, Chiefs, Ravens, Chargers, Bills were probably all expected to be in the playoffs. Uh, Chargers, maybe, maybe not. No one expected the Patriots to be the number one seed. Maybe a wild card team. No one expected the Chargers. Maybe, maybe not, like I mentioned. Colts. I know people were high on the Colts. I know I wasn't at the beginning of the season. But some people were. And they're playing fantastic. They're playing fantastic football right now. They can run the ball. Carson Wentz isn't turning the ball over. He's not making mistakes. The defense has really stepped up. They had an incredibly slow start to the season. But now look at them. But now look at them. They're second in the AFC. AFC South, excuse me. I don't see them coming back to dethrone the Titans, but it's possible. It sure as hell is possible. But the Colts, that game next week on, uh, what is that? Is that, is that Sunday night? No, Saturday. Ooh, that game is on Saturday. Ooh, me gusta. A little Saturday night football between some old rivals, Colts, Patriots, in Indy. That's going to be a big game. That is going to be a big game for both teams. Colts win. They get a massive win to move up. Patriots lose. They're probably going to slide. Um, It's just going to depend on what the Titans and the Chiefs do, I guess, next week. Tie-breaking. There's a tab. Tie-breaking procedures. 
Tie-breaking procedures. The seven postseason participants for each conference are seated as follows. The division champion with the best record. Oh, wait. The, with the fourth best record. Wild card with the best record. Okay, whatever, whatever. To break a tie within a division, if at the end of the regular season, two or more clubs in the same division finish with identical win-loss tied percentages, the following steps will be taken until a champion is determined. One, head-to-head in games between the clubs. Best one-loss tied percentage in games within the division. Best win-loss tied percentage in common games. Best win-loss tied percentage in games within the conference. Strength of victory. Strength of schedule. Best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> coin toss. Number 12. After everything, number 12. Coin tossed. <laughs> That's too funny. You would think uh, best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed would be higher. I feel like that would be higher than strength of victory and schedule because that can be kind of, eh. I don't know. I feel like, you know, the Dolphins, for example, <clears throat> when they beat the Patriots. No, no. How about this? When the Saints beat the Patriots, the Saints at the time was a good team and they were projected to be a good team. But now you look at it. Now the Saints are kind of ass. So, like, is that a good – is that, like, a bad loss against the Patriots? Or is that, like, a, considered a good loss because the Saints are kind of reeling right now? I don't know. I feel like that's just kind of kind of ass. But I'm kind of getting off-railed here. But that is going to wrap it up for football in this episode. We will definitely be talking Patriots-Colts on Friday's episode as sa- Saturday Night Football, right? Saturday Night Football – is on the horizon. Thursday, we have the Chiefs and Chargers. That's going to be a massive game. That's actually a really big game, if I'm being quite honest. Chiefs, Chargers, Thursday night in Los Angeles. That is on Thursday. Saturday at 4.30, we have the Raiders and the Browns in Cleveland. Big game for two teams on the bubble. Winner's going to take a huge step up. Loser's going to take a huge step back. And then Saturday night, December 18th, 8.20 kickoff. You have the New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts. And on Friday, we will talk both Raiders and Browns and Patriots and Colts, because why not? But that's going to wrap it up for football in today's episode. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns about anything we talked about, anything you want to debate or even argue about, reach out to me via social media at Murph's Cardtown. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, just leave all that stuff down in the comment section below, and I will be responding to everything that is mentioned let's look at the boston celtics i mean do we have to look at the celtics no because who wants to right now i sure as hell don't just a few days ago they were 13 and 11 looking promising now they're 13 and 14 they're on a three-game losing streak as they've lost to the lakers clippers Suns. They lost to the Phoenix Suns, who did not have Devin Booker and who did not have DeAndre Ayton. Tonight, they play the Milwaukee Bucks in Boston. Then on Friday, they get the Warriors in Boston. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. All I'm going to say is this. All I'm going to say is this. You ready? Now, I do hold the right to change my opinion later on in the season because the season ultimately is a long one. And things can change very easily. But as it stands right now, 
as it currently stands right now, Celtics are done. I'm off the wagon. I, I wasn't really never on the wagon. They're the 10th seed right now. They're technically still in the playoffs, the play-in game. They're six games out of first place. The 76ers are four games out of first place. So that's only a two-game differential from 10 and 6. So they're not like way out of it. They're not like the Pistons where they're 14 and a half games back. That's why I hold my right to change my opinion. As anyone has the right to change their opinion as things come up and things occur. But as it stands right now, just the way everything has developed and played out, with how the season is going, as you are six and four at home, seven and ten on the road, four and six in your last ten. I just don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, I had such high expectations for this team, and those expectations can still be reached. The season's not over, but as we sit twenty-seven games into the regular season, like I said, twenty to twenty-five. But they were on the West Coast road trip. I wanted them to finish it, so I bumped it back to 27 just so they can finish that road trip. And it just does not look good. It does not look good for the Celtics. It really doesn't. And their schedule does not get any easier. It really doesn't. You have the Bucks on uh, tonight, like I mentioned. You have four days off and then you, three days off, technically. Then you have the Warriors on Friday. The Knicks on Saturday, so back-to-back. 76ers on Monday, Cavs on the 22nd, you go to Milwaukee to play the Bucks on Christmas Day, the Timberwolves on the 27th, Clippers, Suns again, and then you go into January, but I don't want to get into January. So let's see, I can see the Bucks game tonight being a loss, the Warriors being a loss, the 76ers being a loss, the Bucks on Christmas being a loss, the Clippers being a loss, and that Suns game being a loss. So two, four, six, eight, nine games, I can see you winning... One, two, three of them. They're toast. I told you this back in the middle of November of that, the end stretch of the month of November, how important it was to win those games against the Spurs and to win those games against the Jazz. Uh, no, that was, I'm sorry, I'm getting to December. Excuse me, I need to scroll back more. To win the game against the, the Hawks and then the Thunder and the Rockets and the Nets and the Spurs and that stretch of games right there and they did a good job at it i forget what i was looking at i was like oh they need to win five of six and i think they won four of six or whatever it may have been but like the cavaliers game in november 13th losing 91 to 89 that's coming back to haunt you that luka Doncic buzzer beater on november 6th that's kind of coming back to haunt you oh this team is so frustrating to watch and i know the phoenix suns are literally as hot as the damn sun right now but they were without Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And you lost by 21. And it's not like it was the second night of a back-to-back. You had a day off between the Clippers game and that Suns game. And that Clippers game, by the way, you also lost by three points. So that's another one you could have won. The Jazz game back on the third is a game you could have won. You only lost by seven. What the hell is going on? There's some noise going on, I think, upstairs. I don't know if it's the unit next to me or upstairs, but a lot of banging. Damn. Oh, what the hell are they doing? Anyways, these close games, the Celtics need to win. 
not that the Suns game was a close game. I mean, like I said, you lost by 21. You were really never in it. But that's a game you need to take advantage of. Their two best players are not playing. It is a load management day. They think that them playing the Celtics is a layup enough for them to sit their stars or for their stars to sit because, oh, it's just the Celtics. Eh, you will be fine. That's such an embarrassment. That is such an embarrassment that they think that this game is going to be won without their best players. And they proved it to you that they can win without their best players. And they did. By 21. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I love I love basketball so much. I've played it since I was in third grade. And every now and then, I love to hoop around with people, play some games, pick up 21, whatever it is. Um, over the summer, I was in my driveway constantly shooting hoops. I love the game of basketball. I love watching basketball. I think I said this. I forget what episode. I think I may have said this at one time. Maybe not. There was like a stretch. I think it was like 2017, I want to say. It was when Isaiah Thomas was still on the Celtics. And I said, I love watching basketball more than I love watching football. Nothing's going to overthrow baseball because baseball at the end of the day is my favorite and is my diehard favorite sport of all time. I understand that baseball has problems. I've made countless videos about it. I have talked about it immensely and gone on a thousand and one rants. I'm not doing that today. There was a time when I said I like watching basketball more than I like watching football. And that was true. The game was so pure. The Celtics were fun to watch. They were winning games and being competitive in games that they shouldn't have been in just in the regular season. Now, now that's gone. That feeling is completely gone. I can't watch basketball anymore. The game is so insufferable to watch. I've said that before. I'm not going on rant on that today. I've, I've said that countless times on this podcast. Now, I don't know if it's a Celtics issue, like an organizational issue. I don't know if it's a, maybe it's a Tatum or a Brown or a Smart issue. Is it a coaching issue? I mean, they changed coaches, so you can't say that it's Brad Stevens' fault anymore because he's not the coach anymore. I know people were kind of pointing at Brad Stevens when he was a coach, be like, he's the problem, get him out, get someone new. Well, they did that. They brought in Ime Udoka, and it still doesn't seem like it's kind of looking all that much better. Not that it's Udoka's fault. And Danny Ainge is gone, so you can't say it's a Danny Ainge fault. Because that's what people were pointing at last year. Like, oh, it's Danny Ainge's fault. Get him out of here. Well, he's out of here now. Brad Stevens, as the coach, is gone. Tatum's still here. Brown is still here. Smart is still here. Horford is back. So is it a player thing? Kind of looks like it's a player thing. And if that's the case, then what are we going to do? Now, I've said, I've done a ton of scenarios <clears throat> and I've done a bunch of crunching with the NBA trade simulator and the NBA trading period can officially start in two days on December 15th. But like, what are the Celtics really going to do? Are they going to, do they have the guts to trade Marcus Smart? 
I think they have the guts to trade Al Horford because he would be a good salary dump. I think they have the 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 guts to do that. Do they have the guts to trade Brown or Tatum? People keep saying that they can't play together. One's got to go. I really like them playing together. I think they can play together. But they have proved that they can't. But then again, they've also proved that they can. All I know is once the trade deadline is approaching, you have to make moves. Last year, you didn't make any moves. And Danny Ainge said, like, oh, we were willing to trade one, two, three picks. Maybe that was the year before. I think that was the year before. But whatever. It's just like you bring in, like, nobody good. Really? You don't bring in anybody good. I go out and make that big move. Inquire about John Wall. He wants to play basketball. But not for the Rockets. I mean, they're on a mutual agreement to not play. Bring in a talented player. You need to. You absolutely need to. It, I don't want you to sell the future to do it either. But, like, you need to make a move to win the fans back. You have to make a move to win the fans back. Like, me personally, when the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts, they lost the fans. Slowly kind of come back, not really. When they traded Andrew Benintendi, they lost the fans again. And probably the only way that the Red Sox were going to win the fans back was by playing good. And that's exactly what they did in 2021. They played fantastic for three to four months. Then they kind of died off a little bit. I know they had a COVID outbreak. You know, they ran into some good teams, but they also didn't make any moves. So the fan base kind of started to dip a little bit. But then here comes Kyle Schwarber playing good. Jose Iglesias playing good. Chris Sale is back. The fans start to get back into it because they're starting to win games now. They're being competitive. They're in the middle of a, a race, a wild card race. And the only way that I believe that the fans were going to come back after trading away the franchise player, after trading away a fan favorite in Betts and Benintendi respectively, was by playing good. And that's exactly what the Celtic, uh, the Red Sox did and what the Celtics need to do. They need to play good. Because if you do trade Brown or Tatum, you will lose a massive chunk of the fan base. You will lose me. I love them both. I think they can play together. I want them to play together. So you will lose me as a fan. If you trade one or two of them away. I don't want the Celtics to trade Marcus Smart. But as time and time goes on. I am on the wagon that you kind of kind of have to. You kind of have to. I think. I think he's your defensive leader. Uh, a captain of this team. Some way. But in all honesty. Moves need to be made. But you got to make the right move to. Keep the fan base because right now you're losing the fan base if you're a Celtics nation. And you got to start winning basketball games. That game against the Sun, all, Suns, albeit they have a great team. They got good depth, they got good defense, and they got a great young core. That's a game you should have won. They did not have Devin Booker, nor did they have DeAndre Ayton. That was a game you should have won. That Clippers game, they didn't have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Let me just double check that. They did not have either of them. They did not have either of them and you still lost and you still 
lost. The the Lakers game you lost by 15. It is what it is. Uh, what's the other game? The Blazers you won by a bunch. Losing to the Jazz by seven. That's tough. It's just you have to go out and win some games. You have to win the fan base back. You have to go out and make some moves. But the Celtics season, in my opinion, is not over. It is very glim. But I'm going to take a step back from that wagon until things change. Kind of like what I did with the Red Sox this past year. Kind of like what I do. Like, I'll still talk about the Celtics. But I'm not going to be very excited and energized. Like, oh my god, the Celtics. Did you watch that game last night? Tatum looked so good. And Brown's buzzer beater. Oh my god, I didn't think it was going to go in. Like that. I'm not going to have that energy. I'm going to have this kind of energy right here. Very dull. Very soft-spoken. A little bit of sternness in my voice. A little bit of seriousness. I'm sure you can sense from me. When it comes to the Celtics. But that's it. I'm done with the Celtics. I'm done. Bluntly going to be done with the Celtics. Let's talk about the Boston Bruins. Ooh, Boston Bruins. Let's get that excitement back. Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins. Let's get that excitement back. First, I need some water. <sighs> gotta hydrate. I, every time I take a sip, I'm always going to say that you gotta hydrate. Because it's true. You gotta hydrate. It's just kind of the way it goes. If you don't hydrate, you will die. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, to be blunt. But anyways... Celtics got a massive win yesterday, uh, not yesterday, on Saturday, beating the Calgary Flames 4-2. Good win. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 3-2 on Thursday. Another big win. They did lose to the Canucks in shootout, but you got a point out of it. There you go. You did lose to the Lightning 3-2 in overtime on Saturday the 4th, but you got a point out of it. You beat the Predators on the 2nd 2-0. So, listen. Celtic, uh, Jesus, oh my God, Bruins, Bruins, potentially turning a page here since uh, the first, uh, I guess December 2nd, I should say, that was their first game in December, they have two, three, four, six, eight points in five games, I like it, and if we take a look at the current updated Eastern Conference standings, they're currently the number two wild card, I like it, hey, they finally jumped the Detroit Red Wings in not only the division, but also in the wild card. If the season was to end right now, today, they would be a playoff team. They are three points behind the Penguins for that number one wild card spot. And they're eight points behind the Tampa Bay Lightning in the division. And then they're also 10 points from the uh, Maple Leafs and the Panthers. But hey, the Celt. I have to stop doing that. Why do I always do that? The Bruins. The Bruins are playing much better as of late. They're 5-3-2. Like I always say, if you're not going to get the dub, at least lose in overtime or in the shootouts to A, give yourself the chance to get the dub, but also just to walk away with a point. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. So they got 30 points right now, 24 games played. I like the Bruins. They have a lot of potential. The Maple Leafs are just on fire. The Panthers are just on fire. The Lightning are two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, so you have to expect that from them. But you need to separate yourself from the Sabres, the Senators, the Canadians. And now, since you passed the Red Wings, you got to vault yourself even further past 
the Red Wings and give yourself more separation so you can be more considered a Maple Leaf, Panther, or Lightning-type contender rather than a potential contender in the Red Wings. I really like the Bruins' uh, seat schedule Excuse me, coming up. they got the Knights tomorrow, the Islanders on Thursday, the Canadians on Saturday, the Senators on Sunday. So that's a back-to-back game right there. And then you have the Hurricanes on the 21st, the Avalanche on the 23rd. Then you have Christmas off. Penguins on the 27th, Senators again on the 29th, and then on New Year's Day you have the Sabres. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 games as uh, approaching to the new year. 18 points. Maybe grab 13, 14 points out of that. I mean, however you want to do it. Let's see, the Golden Knights have kind of taken a step back. This game is home. You can win that. Islanders are a disappointment this year. I feel like you could win that game as well. The Canadians and Senators game, you could easily, easily win. The Hurricanes are going to be a really good game. They're 19-7-1, so that's going to be a tough game there. Avalanche, they're also a very good team. However, they are playing lackluster compared to what they have been past couple seasons, but that's okay. That may have served in your favor, but they're still running the thick of things in the Central. Let's see, what's the next one? Horror Avalanche, Penguins. You're competing with the Penguins for the wild card spot. Then you get the Senators again, and then the Sabres. So you have a lot of potential here to grab a bunch of points. Like I said, there's 18 possible points on the line. I don't expect you to get all 18 points. I don't expect you to get 16 or 17 points. But give me 13, 14 points. I feel like that's a good chunk. Let's see, there's nine games. Win five of them. Win six of them. Lose one or two in overtime. And we'll be good to go. And we'll be good to go heading into 2022. Bruins, I've said this for a long time. I think over the summer I've said this. In preseason I said this. And even at the start of the season when the Bruins weren't playing all that great. I feel so much more confident in the Bruins than I do in the Celtics. I do, I do. The Bruins have leadership. They have chemistry. They have experience. They have talent. And they have good coaching. The Celtics, they have talent. Coaching's a question mark. I would say they have the experience, but they're not performing. They're not winning. They're missing something. The Bruins are too. Don't get me wrong. I've said this before. The Bruins are missing something, and I believe that's a defender, and then maybe uh, like a third line uh, winger. I mean, Jake DeBrus wants to leave, so you're going to need a third line winger anyways. Both teams are missing something. Don't get me wrong. But if the season was to both end today for both teams and the playoffs were to start, I feel so much better and so much more confident that the Bruins can go on a run than the Celtics because the Celtics clearly suck. I mean, they're 7-10 and 10 away from the Garden. And in basketball, it literally, you need home court advantage in order to win games. Seriously. And the Celtics, for years, for years, have proven that theory true. They cannot win on the road. I mean, look at this past road trip. They won one game. And that was to Portland. Bruins and hockey in general, the NHL, you don't necessarily need home ice. We've seen that before, where we've seen number one teams get vaulted down. We've seen upsets here and there. So home ice is definitely important. It's nice to have. That's what you play for in the regular season. 
but it's not a necessity. It's absolutely not a necessity. That's why I feel better about the Bruins for all of those reasons. And I think this stretch coming up leading into the new year for the Bruins, these next nine games, 18 possible points on the line, will be very, very telling for this team, although I do believe they are contenders. I think these 19, this next nine games, 18 points, is going to be massive for the standings one way or another, whether they get points or not get points. And we're also going to be able to see how they play against you know, Golden Knights, who have been proven to be a good team. The Islanders, who they've lost to last year in the playoffs, who are struggling this year. The Canadians and the Senators, who suck. The Hurricanes, that are good. The Avalanche, that's good. And then, obviously, the Penguins, who you're battling with currently for that wild card spot. A lot is on the line for the Bruins here in the next couple weeks leading up to the new year. And I'm very excited for it. And I cannot wait to watch the Bruins play, hopefully, their best hockey this season as they approach this coming stretch as we close out 2021 and as we flip the, flip the calendar and the schedule into 2022. And to be honest, with that being said, I know this is a fairly short episode, but that's really all I have to talk about. I mean, there was, like I said, no Patriots, no Red Sox and no baseball due to the lockout. Haven't had any updates about the lockout. Otherwise, I would have mentioned it. No, no update in terms of, hey, they're meeting. Hey, this is what's happening. Hey, this is trending. This is you know starting to gain momentum. None of it. None of it. I guess what I will say about baseball and its lockout is it's real. It's real. And if you had hope that the 2022 season would start on time, or at least spring training may be delayed where the season itself would have no delay, I don't know if you can expect that. Because I know these two sides, the Players Association and the league, they're very far apart. So the 2022 season could be in jeopardy. It really could. And that's something that you need to brace for. It's something I'm bracing for. As shitty as it sounds and as much as I do not want that to happen, it could happen. I'm not going to say it will. I'm not going to say it won't. It absolutely could happen and you need to be prepared for it. So we could have another wonky, funky season on our hands like we did in 2020 as we approach 2022. But hopefully, hopefully the league and the Players Association can come to an agreement to completely avoid a a shortened pre, uh, spring training, a shortened regular season, and let's just kind of see where the league will look like maybe in a Obviously, I'll probably talk about it on Friday. You know, I'll probably say the same thing. Oh, I have no updates. Oh, here's an update, whatever it may be. But yeah, be prepared for it. It could possibly, possibly happen. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for downloading, listening, and joining on all the audio-only platforms that you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. And everywhere else you listen to your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. And I thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you chuck this video a thumbs up liking. If you did enjoy today's video, comment any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns down in the comment section below of this video. And if you're new to the channel or have not considered subscribing, please hit that giant red subscribe button as I would greatly appreciate it as I'm getting closer and closer to 100 subscribers. I'm super excited and I cannot wait to reach that milestone. That is going to wrap it up for this video. Oh, before I go, before I go, shop update real quick. Shop update. Um, trade night. 
Thursday, December 16th at 6.30 p.m. This is the last episode before trade night. If you arrive in a holiday-themed hat, hoodie, ugly sweatshirt, pajamas, shirt, pants, whatever, you will get an extra ticket or tickets depending on you know the level of uh, engagement, involvement you put into it for trade night because it is going to be holiday-themed. There will be cookies at this trade night. Probably healthy cookies because Kim and I are going to be making them and we like to make our stuff healthy. But they taste delicious though. I guarantee you they will taste delicious. But yes, trade night is this Thursday at 6.30. The last one in November was an absolute hit. It was a banger and I'm super excited to have the second annual is a year. Second, it's the second ever trade night here at Murph's Card Town Sports Shop, and I'm super excited for it. So definitely bring your cards and be ready to buy, sell, and trade with other sports card collectors, hobbyists, investors in the community here at Murph's Card Town Sports Shop. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be super fun. I will have a vlog out for that. Obviously, I will be recording throughout the duration of the night, and I will try to get a vlog out, a trade night vlog out for you relatively soon after. But like I said, that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I thank you so much for downloading, listening, enjoying, liking, commenting, and subscribing on YouTube. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.